What, where, where do I start with the, the gentleman that's on hold? Hey? The games of today. Oh, it's very easy to relive those on digital and social media platforms years from now. But it's, a, it's also a kind of privilege as well that unfortunately wasn't always there in years gone by. Now, there's very little that is archived from the golden generation. But the little that is out there is enough to remind us just how great football was back then. And this is why it is important to host our legends, to give them the platform to relive those days when the beautiful game was just that. Beautiful. Let's go down memory lane a little bit and to school us tonight. Hey, it's no different, eh? An absolute professional. This man has had a massive, massive role to play in uplifting the standard of our domestic game way past his pitch days. Is always jubilant. I don't know where he gets his energy from. This guy is larger than life. George Dennelly, good evening. Hey, Rob, how are you, man? Oh, those voice notes, we could have played them until Wednesday. That is just how many of them have come through when people knew that you were coming forward for the show tonight. What do you attribute Rob, all of this love and success to? Rob, the first thing I want to tell you is this phone call cost me a thousand rand because I'm making a donation. It's going to go to you, and you decide where it goes. Oh, wow. So there you go. DJ Kiro, you're not the only one. I'm here as well. Sure. So that's a really three... you, oh. you You decide where it goes. No, we'll pop it into False Lerus, my friend. The referees have got to have something. There's nine of them. And, Listen, um, let me yeah. tell you something about False Lerus. I've got no good memories there. Every time I went to False we played Joma Cosmos. And there were people there called George Rabutla. There was Stone, Colin Clemo. Oh. There was Linda Butelezi. Please, don't, don't mention phosphorus. It gives me headaches. What do they do to you? Because we all know what Colin Clemo could do. Uh, we all know what Jaws of Life, Andrew Rabutla could do. Yo, Jaws of Life. Don't forget Mark Fish was there as well. Yes. They also they had some fantastic players. That Cosmos team, Chipper Masinga up front, Hom Makalele on the wing, a really great team. And, of course, Joma, one of the greatest players we've ever had. Um, the only thing I remember about Fosleris was that I faked the once. I faked to go left. I turned right. And out of the corner of my eye, I saw some boots going past my head. Right. That, that was Jaws Rabutla. And that was crazy. After I played the pass, I turned back to look at him, and he had a big smile on his face. He said, oh, you're lucky, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> but there was no injury then? Uh, not then. No, not then. Okay, also, we'll talk about... Friend, I think there was a girlfriend from Fosleroos who said, I'm twins with Sean Donnelly. That hey. guy, hey, where did he get his alcohol? <laughs> well, clearly, the, not from a bottle store. Maybe from his father's Sean Donnelly. Place. I'm not that good looking. How would you describe yourself, George Dunning? Tall. Tall and white. How did it feel to be this white man stuck, <laughs> stuck in, in, in a game that could have been played by more white people, uh, but it wasn't? Well, not now, but then there were more uh, whiteies that were playing the game. But on a serious note, though, I know you joke around. Uh, you, you got gazillion friends of many hues and cries and so on. But you, as George Dunnelly, playing this ducky game as South Africa sees it, 
or apartheid South Africa saw it, did you ever feel out of place? You know, it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing. Eh? At the time, I, I can't I can't describe it. Eh? I, I, it was just something that I was born to do. I just I fitted in. I was always made to feel welcome. I think it's a blessing for me as, as a white South African that I got to see what I say is the real South Africa. You know, I, I've played football in pretty much every single major township in the country. So when you say Fosleris, I can picture Fosleris. You know, I, I, I've played in Soweto, I've Mlazi, Kwamashu, Kailicha, and I'm still involved in football for those who are wondering. So I, I see real South Africa. I, I, know, I see fans. I, I talk football with people. And color has never been a thing for me. I, I, I probably had one scary incident right at the beginning of when, in, in 1990, on the day Mr. Mandela was released, playing a friendly, actually against Joma Cosmos in, in Edendale, outside Peter Marisburg. And Joma was still playing. Uh, I think he nutmegged me in that game. And, and during the game, thousands and thousands of people were coming into the stadium celebrating the release of Mr. Mandela, February the 11th, 1990. And the stadium was very small, and there were too many people, and... We got we got asked to leave the field. The security took us off, and we waited in the dressing room while everyone was singing and dancing, and the stadium was shaking. And I was 19 years old, and and I was I was terrified. I thought I'm going to die. They're going to put me in the middle of the field and sacrifice the white guy. It's the only time I've ever been scared playing football in South Africa, and I, and it was because I was 19, and it was a very special occasion. But yeah. it's never really been a thing for me. But when, when, when all of these celebrations were happening, let's say, off the field, and you've got, you know, the, the Madiba situation that was going on, were you able to feel that level of excitement now that was going beyond the excitement of football? Because you, you, you were in the cauldron and in the face of football when it really got support. Not now where people tell coaches what to do and who to substitute they might have done that but to a lesser extent it was more the support and packing stadia yeah and also i mean sadly in a, in, a, in a weird way you know there was a lack of tv coverage so so people had to go and watch the live game so there was a great uh, energy in the stadiums you know no matter who you played against i mean we played welcome real hearts in Durban, you know, you had 30,000 people watching Amazulu against Welcome Real Hearts because mm. people wanted to come and watch football. And, you know, as, as any performer, and if you're a football player playing professionally or you're a dancer, singer, whatever you are, if, if, if you're doing this as a living, you, you get a great energy from the crowd. You, your, your performance is inspired by it, you know. And I've also, I've also unfortunately played in a game. I played for Amazulu against Free State Stars in Butchabello, uh, a rescheduled game on a Wednesday afternoon. There were like five people there, and, and that one supporter came with his sheep. That sucks the energy out of you. There's no one there to see the performance. It's almost it's so much harder to give everything when there's no one there to watch and appreciate it. You know, so so live audiences, live crowds, they they are the lifeblood of football. Actually, no no footballer likes playing in front of an empty stand. Nobody. All right, I'm going to go for a quick news detour, George Donnelly. Please don't go anywhere. Well, the next 30 minutes after the news is, is, is you and I and everybody else that's going to be listening. Uh, I did get a voice note already asking about your celebration, so keep that in mind that I'm going to be asking you about the origin of that because it inspired somebody to do it themselves. It is live on Metro FM. It's live on Radio 2000. Award winners on either side, and we salute them tonight. 
Good evening, Rob. This is Sifiso from Umlazi. Oh, George Tenley, the deadly striker of Amazulu. Hey, let's relive the moments of yesterday. He was a very good striker. Packed a powerful shot. Was also good in the air. Uh, just to clarify with the check limited called earlier, I think the other, it was Donnelly, the other gentleman, and this is uh, Donnelly, Donnelly and Donnelly, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Thank you, Rob. Sfiso here in Umlazi. I love your show. Keep up the good work. Evening, Rob. Uh, Mr. Matlopoto, my question for our legend for today, Mr. George Tenele, is that he still remember the Pop Safe Super Bowl that they played against Kaiser Chiefs in 1992, where they beat Kaiser Chiefs 3-1, playing alongside players like Bo Simon Makakule, Julius Shira, Tim Zoe, Sheldrake Piemba, and the rest, the, li- the list is endless. He was one of the best players. I still have memories of him playing for Amazul. He was a deadly strike. And then one other question that I have for him is, what is he currently doing? I'm your guys, Boo from Nel Mafia's Extension 7 in Mams. I'm listening to you, Tarop. Thanks. Good evening, Robert. This is Kona from Kwatlangeswa in Northern Amazul, Natal. Uh, I would like to ask George Tenelli, what is his opinion about uh, the number of white players in the country, uh, the lack of them. All right, his name is George Donnelly, not Donnelly or any other name. Uh, so no confusion there. He is the real shark. All right, before they, they drill me here, George, let me, let, let me get to the couple of voice notes that have come through. What, what motivated the celebration of yours? Uh, Robert, I've been sent on loan from Amazulu to, to Hellenic in Cape Town, and then at the end of the loan period, I ended up staying here. So I'm a, I'm a Durban boy, still living in Cape Town. And um, we were playing uh, Bushbucks and Tata Bucks in, the, in a Bob Saves game, and I was playing for seven stars. And one of my friends said to me, you know, if you score, what, is, what are you going to do to celebrate? And I used to just run around like an idiot if I scored. I didn't really have any main celebration. And I said, I'm going I'm to celebrate to show people that I'm from Durban. I, you know, the Sharks. I support the Sharks. Oh. So I did a Shark celebration. I did the fin. And then I managed to score in that game, and then, and that was on TV, and I scored the next week for seven stars, and then I went on a bit of a run. I got a couple of goals, and I just carried on doing the shark celebration. It was like, that was my thing. You know, the shark is a predator. I try to score goals, and I'm from Durban. So the sharks, that's my rugby team. Yay. Done. Next Sorted. one. Kays achieves that victory that everybody talks about. It's amazing. In the early nineties, yeah, you can be kind of semi-famous for one goal against Kaiser Chiefs, and it, it happened to be in the Coca-Cola Cup in nineteen ninety-two. <laughs> and the thing is that that team, and 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 God bless those players because you know Shadrach Biemba, Julius Chirwa, Joe Malaba, then they're no longer. Dimasani Shandri was a reserve goalkeeper. They're not with us anymore. They've all passed on, um, you know. And that. That day, that was an unbelievable uh, event. We nobody gave us a chance. I remember even in the match day program, they interviewed all the different celebrities, and even the Amazulu supporters said, "No, Chiefs will win." Everyone said Chiefs will win, and that Chiefs team was unbelievable. That was a Rolls Royce team, 
And uh, we had a good start. Simon Magagula scored after four minutes, played a one-two with him, he scored. Then I scored after 10 minutes, I scored, and the referee disallowed it. He said someone was pushing. We were saying to him, who? He said someone. <laughs> and Disco uh, uh, Padima scored just before the end of the game, and we, we went to extra time, and I managed to score an extra time, and then uh, Ifo Molassi scored as well. We won 3-1, and, and to this day, it's the last trophy the Chiefs won, and it's amazing how many Chiefs fans remember the goal and remember the game. It's it's incredible because I think they were so used to they won everything else. Winning, that year. yeah. I think they were no, exactly. so shocked at losing, you know. Well, I was going to say that whenever you inflict pain on a team that is always on a, a runaway victory uh, of medals or trophies or whatever, they will always remember that person that inflicted the pain. Because having had a, a conversation with Clyde Barker the other day, uh, he, he spoke about uh, when Kaizam Daung phoned him. And he thought that Kaiser wanted to buy you. But then at that stage, it was a case of Kaizam Daung offering Clyde Barker the job as Bafana Bafana coach. So, because the only thing that he thought, why would uh, Mr. Mdawong be the one to phone him? And the only thing that he could think of was that Chiefs had wanted to buy George Dudley. Well, I think I think over time, some stories get blurred because um, Chiefs and Pirates both wanted to sign me in 1993. So, I even got approached in, in national in Bafana training camp by Augusto Palacios to ask me if I wanted to go to Chiefs. So, there was a lot happening at that time. But So, the, why the didn't you? You know, it's a, it's a, I've asked myself that question a hundred times because I, Augusta called me to his, his room at Helderfontaine training camp and I obviously thought it was to talk about tactics. We were going to play Congo away that weekend. And I was so shocked when he said, you know, you know do you want to go to Kaiser Chiefs? That I, I was 22, 23 years old. You know, I didn't even... I just said to him, but, you know, I play for Amazulu. Like, I couldn't... It was a shock. And... Uh, yeah, that's. I mean, uh, the late Zodra Corsa used to always give me a bit of grief and say to me, "If you'd gone to Pirates, you'd be famous." You know? <laughs> <laughs> that's the life you make for yourself, you know. Um, but I, I didn't play a lot of games because I had so many injuries after, you know, '94, '95, dislocated knee, all of that. So over a ten-year career, I, only, I, I know my stats. I played 124 games. I scored 61 goals. So. But the thing out of the 61 is that 10 of them were against Chiefs and Pirates, five against Chiefs and five against Pirates. So I think people, they remember that, you know, that sticks in their heads. No, but it's a sign again, it's indicative of uh, the BMT, big match temperament that you had. Sure, you, you would score against any other club, but when it came to scoring against a Pirates or AK's Chiefs, it meant that much to you. Although, ironically, you almost found it to be quite a daunting, intimidating thing for you to actually go play for the... Do you regret it, though, George? I mean, if you had to be very honest, yeah, you get a, a chance once in your life to be honest on Marawa Sports Worldwide. <laughs> I don't use the word regret about anything because my life has turned out... I, I've got a lovely family and uh, even my injury. If I hadn't got injured, I wouldn't have come to Cape Town. I wouldn't have met my wife. I wouldn't have my daughters. So, so I don't have regrets. But I do... I do ask myself, I wonder, I do wonder, what if I'd gone to play for Chiefs? What if I'd gone to play for Pirates? I, I, I think they ended up signing Mark Batchelor because I didn't go to Chiefs. And I, I know Brendan, they wanted myself and Brendan Augustine. They were very interested in us both at the time. You know, Brendan was really doing well at uh, Amtata Bucks and I was doing well at Amazulu. Um, so I do wonder about it. And it would, have been an, it would have been an honor and a privilege to play for, for those big clubs. You know, um, But I have no regrets about sticking out at Amazulu and being loyal to Amazulu. 
um, because I had a great time at that club until I got injured. Great supporters and you know great memories. Uh, and who knows? I could have gone to one of the big clubs and become a flock, and then the fans would have hated oh. me and thrown things at me. So maybe it was a good thing. Sure. But do you feel, though, that all of those big occasions that brought you to play against those two teams was ultimately what you were looking for? I mean, injuries aside, and I know that you, I mean, you've spoken about it, you've showed where the operations have been. But do you feel, though, that those were the kind of occasions that brought the best out of you? Absolutely. And, 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 And the hardest part of being a professional footballer is raising your game against a so-called smaller team in front of a smaller crowd, the same way you'd raise your, your game against Chiefs or Pirates in front of a full house live on TV. I mean, that mm. is the biggest challenge of a professional footballer. But it was a challenge that I, I loved it. I could never sleep properly the night before those games. And I'd be going through my head, who am I playing against? The Pirates, jeez, you look at that team. Open my booze right back. I've got Gavin Lane, I've got Mark Fish, I've got Edward Matali. I'm trying to think, where are the weaknesses? Where are the gaps? You know, so and Chiefs, I'm thinking Howard Freeze, there's Lucas Rodebe, and TMPK or Gardner Siali, you know, uh, Wellington Yati in midfield. Jeez, I used to picture them so vividly in my head and try and work out where's the weakness? Who, who, can, I, who can I target? Who could I beat in the air? Or who could I run past? Or, uh, that's how I used to think about it. But if you're playing some of the so-called smaller teams, you, you can't name all the teams, the whole team, you know, and you can't picture some of the players. You don't know them that well. So, yeah, you, you do psych yourself up for those big games. And, and I was fortunate that I very seldom had a poor game against those, those big clubs. Um, and unfortunately, I wasn't a player that could raise my game against even all the teams because otherwise, you know, you, you, I would have had a better career. There's something you talked about, loyalty. And I, I know how much Amazulu means to you. There would have been somewhere, somehow like where I'm broadcasting from, some place, in your heart, though, this time, that says, my loyalty lies here, and the loyalty is born as a result of what, George Turnley? Because I've always wanted to ask you that, outside of everything that was happening, there was love and adulation from the fans. I think you made their day, you made their... You made their football. Your presence there was everything to the fans. But what about the other way around? George Dunnelly to Amazulu. What was it about that loyalty? You know, you know Robert, and, and I, I can't say this is like normal for everyone, but uh, I studied history. I studied history of the Zulu nation. I, I, I love the whole history of the, of the culture. My father, who's a guy from Scotland, he taught himself to speak Zulu. He ingrained himself in the culture. He used to sit with the supporters after the game, sharing beers and talking, you know, fluently in Zulu to each other. And it's almost like I just, I almost, I wanted to be Johnny Clegg. I wanted to be the white Zulu. And I still can't speak Zulu properly. You know, I can swear and I know a couple of words, but <laughs> I love being, I love being part of that culture. And I tell you, back in the early 90s, a crowd of Amazulu supporters shouting, hey, be usut. That would Jeez, that would get you going, man. I felt seven foot tall. I, I could take anybody on. No, I, George, I really George, felt I, George, I was part sorry. of that, you know. Sorry, before and I take a break, you, you've, you've, you've insulted the Amazulu fans now. You said that like some suburban boy who's eating prawns right now. That's not the, <laughs> that's, that is not the way they said it. Please say it the proper you, way. Uh, 
Hey, Rob, I love the day. Say it three times, though. I was waiting for hey, the next. Usut. Hey, hey, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to fight now, man. <laughs> but it oh man truly amazing okay let me take a quick break so that i can come back and have a bit more time with you uh george Dunnelly is my guest uh, it is marawa sports worldwide live at metro fam live at radio 2000 it's a friday today we chat to our legends and no greater one than the effervescent the one that we love so much george Dunnelly, who's on the show tonight hey, george. you've got a real big guy there that's a very strong talisman man of the game student of the game as well used to be a very good player but now i just don't know which one was the real king between him and george komendaragis just ask him that for me pass from cape town thank you robert marawa hello there hello there ah robs you make my day you make my night i don't know what to say to you that man george denely uh, a striker you have a legend there robert i'm speaking from my heart, you know what, Robert? That man helped me a lot with my de- de- development in my Iran Rustenberg. He really behind me a lot, Robert. I really appreciate that. That's a legend. What you call a legend? Someone who helped a, 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 a village boy who don't know him. I just ask him many favors. He do that with his open heart. No, you have a legend there. We need those kind of players whenever you ask something if he have he gives out he know me very well that, that, that he know me very well i'm in rustenberg big g big g how's it my man i's the anymore rustenberg in murle sharp sharp uh rob it's donald from green your guest strikes me as someone who is quite interesting can you please ask him this question why we as uh, south africans failed or rather should i put it this way why is our football especially our national team not successful from his opinion and why has the support diminished at the rate that it has diminished over the years hi george uh, Tenley. i actually remember you well, uh, playing for hellenic seven stars and later mazulu um, you were quite an amazing striker, uh, tall, uh, obviously good in the air. You could head a board quite. Uh, you could head the ball quite well. Uh, you were in the mould of uh, the likes of George Komantarakis and uh, the likes of Paul and Lanya. Uh, you were not uh, the one for fancy stuff, uh, but you knew where to put uh, the ball uh, in the net. Um, I remember there was a time when uh, Bafana Bafana, uh, uh, in that era of Bafana Bafana, when you were still playing, a lot of people were calling for you to get involved. And I believe that, uh, you know, with your qualities, you could have even went uh, to greater heights uh, in terms of football. And yeah, it's quite a pleasure to see you that you're still around. And I just wanted to find out why did you decide to sell your franchise in the ABC Mutsepa League? This is Andrew from Rodiport. One on one with football's living legend. Ladies and gentlemen, your legend is here. You know what I can tell you about the ABC Motipa League franchise is that that will take us an entire show. And that's one thing that I've always wanted to talk to George Dunnelly about. So I'll park that because that is a story on its own.
Trust me, it is. I'm not overlooking your request, but you will hear, George, we are formulating a topic around something similar, and that is why I don't want him to mention it now. It was one of the things I wanted to talk about, but we'll revisit that. A lot of people saying you could have played overseas. I know that there was a time again, George, where you, you went to Leeds, uh, where you spent a couple of months there with the reserve. You could have been the first player from SA to play for Leeds United. Yeah, actually, Rob, I had trials in England when I was young, when I was 16. I was actually at Manchester United for a few days. Um, I went to a team called Oldham Athletic and a team in Scotland called Hibernian. My dad's from Scotland. He's from Edinburgh, so I went there. Um, but when you leave when you leave Durban in December and it's 34 degrees and you arrive in Scotland and it's two degrees and snowing, it's a, it's a huge difference, you know. And I, I, was, I was young and... Uh, I didn't acclimatize very well, but wasn't good enough. And uh, when I went back again in, in at the end of 1993, um, you know, I, again, Amazulia, our last game of the season was in Cape Town against Santos. We won 2-1. And I left a few days later for trials at, at Leeds, and I arrived in, 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 at Leeds. It was also freezing cold, middle of winter. I, I was there for December, January, and February, and I never saw the sun, not once, for three months, you know, a guy from Durban. So... Um, I didn't do badly, but, but as, the, as the assistant coach said to me, you know, you, you have to be, if you're in trial, you have to be better than what they have. You can't be as good because mm. those guys are already there. They're already good contracts. They just signed a striker called Brian Dean. They just signed him in the first team. But, I mean, I trained with the first team for three months with the likes of Gary McAllister and the late Gary Speed, Gordon Strachan, really good players. And mm. I honestly know that the level wasn't, it wasn't way ahead of where, you, where I was, you know. Um, I just didn't do enough to make them excited. And uh, I, I remember them calling me, me into a meeting and, and, and uh, the coach was uh, Howard Wilkinson saying to me, you know, what other South Africans would you recommend? I've always joked uh, to, to Chipper when he was around, when he was still alive, and I, I've mentioned this to Lucas, that I was actually the agent because I said at the time, from what I'd seen of the cold conditions and the physical game, only three South Africans I recommended right then. I said Mark Fish, Chipper Masinga, and Lucas Shurebi. And uh, Chipper and Lucas, and that was in that would have been in February 1994. And Chipper and Lucas went in June, five months later. So um, I had a go, and I'm I'm confident in my head that I, I I could have played overseas, but maybe at a lower level, not at the Premiership level, no doubt about that. Uh, I had a go, I didn't make it, and that's all you can that's all you can do, you know. I think. I think players who never got the chance, especially the older generation, guys like Professor Ngobani and Tinez Gadla and, and Aysen Tuleng, Joma, they never really got a chance to show what they could do at the highest level internationally. And they will always have regrets, and it's not even their fault. But I don't have regrets because I had a chance and I didn't make it. Sure. Your honesty, my friend. Zanu says that, you know what, I'm, I'm a bit young. I don't know that uh, George Donnelly. I've never seen him play. He sounds so amazing about his stint uh, at Amazulu. He says a big shout out to him for what he is. He's a very good gentleman. Rams Mabote says it is a privilege to listen to someone that I idolized as a player who ended up as a personal friend. My warmest regards to you, Georgie. Lovely. Thank you, Rams. Oh, I'm sure you play golf with him. He's no, such a... Rob, 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 we, I, when I won the Golden Boot in 92, Adidas Golden Boot, part of my prize was to go and watch the FA Cup final the following year in England, 93. So it was all the award winners, the, the player of the year, Steve Compella, 
Goalkeeper yes. of the year, Steve Carley. Budgie Byrne was the coach of the year. Errol Sweeney, referee of the year. I was the top goal scorer. Rams was there as part of the top media guys. Oh. And we were in London together. And that's where I first got to meet Rams and what a lovely guy he is. That was Coca-Cola Cup, right? Uh, Adidas Golden Boot Awards at the oh, end the of the Golden season. Boot. Yeah, yes. Golden Boot. Okay. okay. But th- that's why I love those kind of awards, man. George, I looked at the time. I'm dismayed. Um, I want to thank you, my friend. I, I, I really appreciate you as a human being. Uh, played for Mazulu, Hellenic, Seven Stars, Mother City. Uh, a massive, massive, uh, horrific injury with the clash with Edward Mutale of Orlando Pirates in 95. Let's not even talk about that. Yesterday um, was 25 years ago. Oh, 16th of April. Serious. <laughs> that is crazy. And it's the first time my gents hasn't sent me a WhatsApp. When I have uh, a legend on a gents. Friday. The gents, I uh, forgive you, my brother. You don't have to worry about it. My life got better after the injury, so don't worry about that. Rob, if I've got five seconds to say that, uh, I, firstly, thank you for honoring all the former players. You, you, you're great at keeping the memories alive. It's, it's lovely to talk to young and old supporters. Uh, but we mustn't forget that the real heroes are the people out in the front line right now during this, during this virus, during this pandemic, that are the police and the, and the nurses and the doctors. They're, they're, the real, they're, the, they're the superstars. We just kick Absolutely. the football. Absolutely. George, stay strong, stay safe. All the best, Rob. Cheers, mate. Thank you so much, man.